Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Military Influencer Conference Podcast. This episode, we listen to Dan Alaric and how to build an unstoppable team. As most of you know, Dan Alaric is the CEO and owner of Grunt Style, provides the keynote speech at the 2017 Military Influencer Conference. Enjoy. So uh, thank you. My name is Daniel Alaric. I'm the uh, founder and owner of Grunt Style, uh, our CEO or whatever they say it now. But um, we have about uh, 400 employees year to date. Um, we have uh, one of the largest screen printing operations in the entire country located in Chicagoland. Um, half of our employees are vets, which is really exciting. Um, and uh, we're opening up a new factory down in San Antonio, Texas. And, the re and uh, recently we were valued at over $160 million. And the reason why any of that matters is because that really doesn't. But the re uh, reason why that does matter is because just seven years ago, I sat in one of those chairs. I have no formal college, uh, formal college education. Um, I have no reason being in business. I mean, literally at one point when I was starting up, I Googled what is business. Not a joke. I have no idea what I was doing. It was bad. Um, I mean, the first three years of, my, uh, of me starting the company was uh, throw a bunch of shirts in the car uh, and just drive around the country, go to flea markets, go to uh, fairs, go to military bases, just selling shirts. Unbeknownst to most of those guys there, I was actually sleeping on those shirts the night before, but they didn't know that. And, uh, you know, I used my military ID to get the free shower at the gym, you know, the next day, so it was good. Um, but did that for three years, and it, it sucked. It was miserable. I started with 1,200 bucks. Does that say that here? I think so, right? Yeah, 1200 bucks. That's all I had. Um, and, and we were able to take that to what we are today. Uh, so I was thinking if I was still sitting in that chair, right, what would I tell myself? What would I take all this information and this uh, knowledge that I've gained over the last few years and I was able to uh, say something, what would it be? Well, simply it would be you can't do it. I am great with this. You can't do it. All right, so that would be the one piece of advice I'd give uh, to myself, that you can't do it, okay? Sorry, Dan Alec, you can't do it. All right, so quick survey. How many people here are prior service? All right, cool. Uh, Army? That was a weak hua. Yeah. Air Force? All right, swamped on Army, okay. Navy? And uh, Marine Corps? <laughs> okay, so uh, there's apparently at least three Marines here because they're the loudest so far. All right, so if, uh, uh, okay, who's, uh, who's a sharpshooter back in the day? Who was good at shooting? Right, right back there. Now PT stud, back in the day, not now. I mean, back in the day, there you go. All right, all right, so sharpshooter and PT stud, right? You got it, all well-rounded. What's your name? Maxine, okay. So Maxine, we go back in the day, stud, right? PT stud, shoots everything, right? She's worth 10 men next to her. She's an entire squad, infantry squad by herself. She's that awesome. It's true, right? And uh, let's say tomorrow, North Korea declares war on the United States. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna take this hero over here who's the best of the best and send her straight to battle. I'm gonna throw her on a plane and then kick her right out the door as soon as we get over the uh, North Korea, right? And what do you think is going to happen? You're going to be dead. You're going to lose, right? 
because you're all by yourself, right? The point is, even in the military, you can't do it by yourself, right? It's the team that wins. Yes, there are people who do heroic things, right? But it's the team, it's the team that wins battles. No one person wins a single battle, and certainly no one person uh, wins a war. It's the team. So what we're going to do is talk about how you can't do it, but we can. How to build that unstoppable team, that unstoppable force with discipline that can just be like a machine and, and cadence after cadence, time after time, and just start chomping on everything in front of them. How to build that. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to go over it with four different steps of how to evolve your business from just you to where it should be to be an unstoppable team. Okay? And we're going to encounter different problems along the way. So, let's jump into it. Right now, you're a team of one. Who's a team of one right now? Okay, what's your team of one? I am military and money. Military and money. All right, I like both those things. How do I get them? <laughs> All right, who else is a team of one? All right, okay, we got a few out there. Now, let me ask you, does it, do you ever wake up one day driving down, the, uh, um, driving down the street and you see all these people with like signs on their buildings and they got their own trucks, they got people walking in, they got uniforms and everything, and you're like, what the hell is this guy doing that I, I'm not? Like, how, what did you figure out that I didn't figure out, right? Does anyone feel like that before when you're just starting off? Yeah, right, all the time. You're like, what are you doing? All right, now how many of you guys that are still a team of one or a very small team are still uh, building your product, still working on perfecting it? Okay, keep your hand up, okay. Now everyone put your hand down. Now, the entire room, tell me how many of you can build a better hamburger than McDonald's? Okay, you got your hand down? I'm never eating at your house because that's really sad. They do not make a good hamburger, all right? <laughs> Unless you do. Can you make a better hamburger than McDonald's? I think you can too, okay. That's a horrible product, all right? It's delicious at two in the morning when you had a few drinks, but it's not a good product, right? Yet, how come they did $25.5 billion last year and you didn't? Because your product is better? No, their business is better. They sell more than you do, right? So what are you doing? So step one or number one is go out there and sell. That's the only thing that matters. Your product doesn't have to be perfect to start selling. It needs to be good enough to then go out and prove that a stranger is willing to reach in their pocket, pull out their wallet, and give you money for it. If they don't, your product sucks or your idea sucks. But that's okay because you're, you don't have any money anyway. You didn't lose anything, right? So that's okay. So let, step number one is sales. That's the only thing that matters. 80% of your time should be spent on some form of sales. Nothing else matters as much. Because when you're starting off, you need to prove that you have a viable business. And you can't do that without sales. And I don't care if someone gave you money or a seed round or venture capital. There's nothing wrong with that, but that doesn't prove that you have a viable concept yet. That raising money is another form of sales. That's good. But now you actually need to go out there and sell your product. Prove that you have a viable concept. This is very hard to do. Tell me people who have... Uh, uh, Anyone who's grossing more than a million dollars, tell me that was not the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. It's hard. It's really difficult to do. And if you're just getting into it, or you've been in the thick of it for, such a, for a while, you know it, it's frustrating. Do you know why it's frustrating? Because you don't know what you're doing. That's okay. I told you I literally Googled what is business, because I did not know what I was doing. That's okay. 
There's nothing wrong with that. That's why you're here today. We have some excellent speakers here today. They're going to help you through that process. But when you're starting off, your only focus is sales. Sell, sell, keep selling. You can fine tune your product later. Make it good enough. Make sure you don't get sued. But uh, just sell, sell, sell until you can prove that you can make enough money, pay yourself, and have profit left over to keep growing your business. That is what's called viability. You now actually have a business that works, not just a really expensive pipe dream. That's the difference. I've met people that have been tinkering with their product for 15 years. You know what the problem is? They're too damn scared to fail. I fail every day. Nothing wrong with that. I fail all the time. That's okay. Just get back up and try it a different way. You're stupid if you keep making the same mistakes. Okay, we all know that, right? And I'm pretty dumb sometimes too. That's okay. But, uh, but don't make the same mistake twice and just go out there and don't be afraid to fail. Think about what's the worst that can happen? I had 1,200 bucks. What's the worst thing that can happen? Well, that was all the money I had, but you know, who cares? You know, I just, I just left the uh, uh, drill sergeant field, whatever, sleeping in my car. I didn't care. I'm like, what's the worst that can happen? I'm going to sleep on the street? That sounds comfortable. It's a lot better than that, you know, uh, some sort of rat nest or spider nest, right? In the, in the field, right? So the only thing that matters is sales. So let me, uh, let me flash forward how we evolved out of this process. So 2012, I've been doing this for three years after sleeping in my car. My lovely wife turns to me, her name is Liz, and she's like, Dan, don't think this is working. And uh, I'm like, well, well, I think it is. She's like, well, we've almost gone out of business 12 times, so it's not working. I'm like, okay, because she, uh, she's like, hey, you know, it's time to shut it down. I'm like, well, okay, well, we have our first trade show coming up. It's in Las Vegas. I got a great feeling about it. I think this is going to be successful. And she's like, okay, what does success look like, Dan? I'm like, well, uh, $6,000. We're going to do $6,000 at the show, and if we can do that amount, that's the sign from the heavens that we should be in business. And she's like, okay, great. And then I said, okay, great, you're coming with me too. And so we, um, we didn't have much money, so we, we uh, packed our bags, we, um, we jump on one of those uh, econo flights or whatever when you're sitting in the back with chickens. And then uh, we land, take the free shuttle of the hotel, and uh, then we uh, um, walk about a mile, mile and a half to the nearest grocery store, and we buy, uh, we buy a jar of peanut butter and a loaf of bread. And that's all we ate for the next two and a half days. We, just, we weren't poor, we were just broke. You guys know the difference? Right? So, um, so that's all we ate for the next two and a half days. I'm sure she had one group on. We used that ticket. And um, we uh, hustled the entire show. She would, she would walk around the show trying to bring people to the booth, and I would try to close them. Here, we actually have a picture here. Boom. That's us. So that's actually the show that we're at. And um, oh, we also had some Reese's peanut butter cups in front on a little dish, and that was kind of our lunch. So it was <laughs> that's all we ate. Um, there was a jerky guy next to us. He was pretty, very kind. Anyway, gave him some shirts, got some free jerky out of it. So, that, and that's all we did. So after the entire show, we jumped back on the plane and I started al uh, ad tallying up the receipts. And if you remember, the signs from the heavens was how much? Six grand, right? So I'm tallying up the receipts. Now my wife passes out because she's exhausted. We're both exhausted. And, um, and, and I'm tallying up the receipts and it was $6,200. It was just enough to be really depressed about staying in business. <laughs> if that was a sign from the heavens, it was, it was like an eight-point font like on the corner. It was not a very big sign at all. And I was like, my gosh, why is this so hard? Why is this so impossible? So I pull out a yellow legal pad, draw a line down the center of the page, and I write down everyone in business that's better than me, which was a very long list. And then I write down what they're doing that I'm not.
Okay, so for example, this company was posting twice a day on Facebook. This is 2012, and I'm posting twice a week. That's free, I can do that. They're clearly better than me, I'm going to do that. This company over here is releasing three products a week. I can't afford that, but I can afford two products a month. So, and it didn't matter what industry it was or what the business was. I mean, they could be selling pipes, all I care. All I knew is they were better than me and they're, uh, and they're doing something that I'm not. So I'm gonna figure out that, what that is. Think about it, if you're uh, running track, right? Um, which obviously I don't, so uh, I prefer the sit down exercises. No, I'm just not kidding. Um, so uh, if you're running track, and if you, if you want to be in first place, who do you follow? First place, right? If you want to get better at push-ups, are you going to listen to this guy, maybe this guy over here who does 80 push-ups on, on his fitness test, or this guy over here who calls in sick every day? Who are you going to talk to? You're going to talk to the winner, right? Follow the winners. That's how you get better. Until you're in front, you follow the leader. So. Moving on, after you uh, get out of that uh, phase, you hit about a million dollars in sales, you go to step number two, you start building your team. So, I don't wanna preview that yet, but, um, so at this time, we start growing. So January that year, we, we did, uh, 2012, we did like, uh, I forget, like uh, eight grand in sales, right? Which was good money for us at the time. By December that year, we did, uh, in one month, 64 grand in, in one month, which was, life-changing for us. We're like, oh my gosh, we've, we're, we've arrived. But at that time, I'm working um, all the positions. I'm designing, I'm selling, I'm marketing. I, I finally, uh, I still worked as a personal trainer in the morning and, um, and, and I'm doing everything. I would stay up till three in the morning, um, hot pressing shirts, watching reruns of Judge Judy. Um, I love that woman. But, uh, but I did everything. So how do you evolve past that? Because you're only one person. So you start building your team. So the way to build your team is very, very simple. You take all the functions that you do on a daily basis, right? I'm shipping them, all right? I'm running the finance, I'm doing the social media, I'm doing production, customer service. You call me at two in the morning to uh, give me 20 bucks to buy a product, guess what, I'm taking your phone call um, because that's what I'm here to do. Um, but you take all these and then you start hiring yourself out. You start firing yourself from that key position, that function, and you replace it with somebody else. Hey, now, Hey, you're doing my social media. This is all I do every day. This is what you're doing now, okay? Everyone now becomes, simply put, an extension of your will. That's it. You're in the middle, all right? Imagine if you had eight arms like an octopus, you're spinning around and you just got your hand on everyone around you and you're telling them what to do. This is not too much unlike a, uh, a team leader in the army, right? Um, if you're a team leader in the army, you have all these brand new Joes around you, brand new privates, and they're gonna do exactly what you tell them to because that's how they measure success is, what you tell them, hey, yes, good job. Hey, no, bad job. This, you're doing this. This is all you're doing, and just focus on this. Stay in your lane, okay? The, everybody is going to be an extension of your will. That is how you start building your team. Now, you can do that when your company gets to about a million dollars plus. You can go to two, three, four, five million dollars just building your team. Everyone's an extension of your will. But then you're going to start running into a problem as soon as you get to that point. It is because progress is slowing, and big mistakes are frequently happening and customers are noticing. And it makes you so angry. It makes you so angry. Come on, this is so simple. Just get the stuff out, you know, or just answer this on Facebook. This is not hard stuff, but you can't figure out what's going on. So there is a remedy to this, and this is how we get into step three. So you're gonna go from that startup phase to your mom and pop shop where everyone's a extension of your will, all right? 
Now you're going to try to transform yourself into what's a small business. You're going to have to become a bit more professional, okay? So the way to solve this is you start building something called a team of teams, okay? We all, I know the McChrystal book is fantastic. Definitely read it. But, um, but in all honesty, though, think about it. When you're a squad leader or a platoon sergeant or a platoon leader, who are you in charge of? It's not 36 infantrymen or, or Joes or headquarters staff or whatever, right? It's not. You're in charge of the leaders who are in charge of them. Your team is effective because those leaders are effective. So you have to start building your team. So when you start growing, you go from that small mom and pop shop to a small business, your marketing guy who, hey, Joe, just give me Facebook likes and email addresses. That's the only thing that was important to us in 2013. So that's the only thing that you're going to do. Now he's in charge of the marketing guys. All right? He went from the Facebook dude or the email guy to the marketing guy now. Your fulfillment guy, your shipping dude, right? now is the fulfillment manager or the fulfillment leader. All right? You start transforming those. And your uh, designer is now the creative director. They got all these professional titles that you didn't even know existed. Titles are free, by the way. It's a great way to pay someone. Uh, <laughs> I made a mistake one time, so it was a mistake. No, titles have to be taken seriously, but uh, I thought they were free, so I'm like, hey, whatever. Someone came out to me with, like, my third employee, like, and she's like, hey, can I be the VP of whatever? I don't remember. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Sure. She's like, can you put on a business card? I'm like, of course. Little did I know she just wanted on her resume when she moved on, like, two months later, but <laughs> it's funny. Stuff you learn, right? So you start building your team of teams. Now, how do you make these team leaders effective? Because Joe, uh, our marketing guy, right, he just knew to get Facebook likes and email addresses. Now he's in charge of two or three guys. How does he become effective? Well, what you do is you give him two things. You give him a quantifiable goal and ask us to accomplish the mission. Let's say, young lady, white blouse in front of me, yes. I give you, I say, listen, I want to go to Denver. And you say, awesome, let's do it. Perfect. So, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, and now what? Now what happens? Uh, see, you already are telling me that we're not thinking on the same level, and it's not your fault, it's my fault, because I was the one who gave you those instructions, right? What did I give you? I gave you very unclear directions. Hey, let's go to Denver. Is that clear and concise? Does she know what success looks like? Of course not. But what if I said... Young lady, I want to be in Denver tomorrow by noon um, with my backpack. You say, better get a quick flight, right? So I gave her a quantifiable goal, but you, you did a brilliant job, by the way. Um, I got to put you on payroll. Assets to accomplish the mission. I never gave her uh, any assets to accomplish the mission. So if I say, young lady, I want to be in Denver tomorrow by noon with my backpack, and I have $1,000 to spend, you can do it. Now you can do it, because I give you the, uh, the quantifiable goal and the assets to accomplish the mission. And if you are going to lead anybody that's a leader, you absolutely have to do that. And if you don't, you are now the problem. You are failing them, because you did not set them up for success. They have to know what success looks like. And you have to give them the tools to be successful. The tools to be uh, successful could be money, it could be people, it could be equipment, it's probably all three. But if you don't give them those two things, you are failing them and they will fail the mission. That is why my customers were calling and complaining because I didn't give them a quantifiable goal. I said, hey, you, get all the orders out. Well, what does that mean? Okay, let's change this. 
every day by 5 p.m. Any order that comes in by 5 will go out that day. That is the objective. Nothing, that is what success looks like. You will do nothing else but accomplish that mission. Got it. See, that was easy, right? If you do those two things, you can grow your company very quickly from a mom and pop shop to a small business. This is how you make team of teams. This is how you make leaders. Now, going to a small business to a mid-sized business. This is going to be one of your tr toughest transformations since your startup, all right? Everyone who is in the middle of their startup right now, raise your hand again. Okay, got it all. That is the toughest thing about starting a business. That's it right now. Because you don't know what you're doing, you've never done it before. It just sucks, everything sucks. Even if you have to start again while knowing what you're doing, it's still really, really hard, right? Because it's like a freight train. You need all this momentum to get forward. But there is another phase that is nearly just as hard, not quite, but it's going from uh, mid-size, I'm sorry, from small to mid-size. It is very tough to do. Um, now, depending on your industry, this is usually around 25 million plus annual uh, in income. But it's very, very difficult to do, and let me tell you why. Because your leaders are now the problem, right? They're not getting the job for it. I just told you what success looks like. I gave you the tools, and you're still not getting it done. Now we have another problem. But until you can do this fourth step appropriately, you'll never cross over to that mid-sized company and be successful. All right? And it's real simple. So about a year and a half ago, I was in Tinley Park, uh, uh, which is outside of Chicago, at a trade show. And I wanted to check on my team. And so instead of calling on the cell phone or the Voxer app that we use for everything, um, I just called our 800 number. I just want to check on our guys. We're very anal about customer service. We take it very seriously. So I just called in. And, um, and we don't have any fancy automation on our customer service. It's very straightforward. It's thank you for calling growth style, you know, blah, blah, blah. If, if someone doesn't pick up right away, I'll say your whole time is, you know, one minute or two minutes or whatever. So I pick up. It says your whole time is now 70 minutes. I was like, what? 70 minutes? Nearly dropped the phone. All right, so I hung up. I'm like, there's a mistake. The system's, I got some buggy system or whatever. So I call back. I'm like, let me get the real number. 71 minutes. I'm like, okay. All right, now this time, I'm thinking, either you're madly in love with us, and you just want to, oh my gosh, I can't wait to call Grunstall. I'm going to hang on the phone for 70 minutes. This is exciting. Or you're probably really angry about something, and every minute just makes you a little bit more angry. Oh, now I'm definitely waiting now. You're going to hear this. So... It's probably the latter, so I, uh, I, I drive a little bit faster to get back into our building, and as soon as I walk in, I, uh, uh, I mean, I, I went almost like half General Patton, half Rambo, kicking in the door. I'm like, I want three guys from marketing over here. Sit on these phones right now. You four are doing emails until your fingers bleed to death, and then I take my entire senior management, my, all my senior leaders, and I said, next 24 hours, you'll do nothing but write re email response. You're going to feel every single one of these customers pain because you're not getting the job done. You're all going to feel it. And then I go up to my uh, uh, squad leader in charge of uh, customer service. I put a big dashboard um, with, you know, digits and numbers all over it. I'm like, I'm going to watch you every 10 minutes. Every, every 10 minutes I'm watching you. I'm going to see where your numbers are. If these aren't going down, I'm going to crush you. You're done. So I let them know that they were all on notice, right? And, and after about uh, four or five days, we got the numbers back down. It was under 10 minutes for whole time, reasonable. 24 hours for email response, not great. So I'm like, okay, at least it's manageable now, so it's not too bad. And um, I checked in about two weeks later, and I called in. 90 minutes. Everything I did, was, it got worse. 
I got, still have the dashboard over him. I'm like, what's going on? 90 minutes. And they were, uh, uh, the team was doing a horrible job, in some cases, responding to customers. And you know whose fault that was? It was, it was mine. I was the problem. So the, let me explain my thinking for that. I was trying to, trying to figure out why did this get so much worse. I just ran in there and fixed their problem. I showed them what a strong leader is like, right? I fixed all their problems. I commanded everything to success. But why did it fail as soon as I stepped away? Well, sure I did. I showed them. You could do this. If you need help, you need help, right? I, I micromanaged them to success, right? <laughs> right? That's what I did, right? I, I micromanaged them to success. And then as soon as I leave, what happens? It falls apart. Who's been micromanaged before? Who's been told, hey, uh, you know, hovering over your shoulder, you're going to do it like X, Y, and Z all the time, every time, right? Stop it. That idea is stupid. You do it my way only, right? Who's ever been told that before, right? Do you feel more effective when that happens to you? No. Um, and that's what I did. It was completely wrong. And I was trying to think. So uh, the whole time I'm thinking, what, what, what's going on? What's, what's wrong? You know, maybe I'll just replace everybody. If anyone says, oh, my team sucks, you're the problem. Nobody's team sucks. There, I mean, you think about it. If you have a room, or I'm sorry, you have a team of 10 people, you think all 10 of them suck? No, of course not. You suck. Right? If you say that, anyone who says that, they suck. They're the problem. But anyway, um, so I was the problem. So I'm thinking, you know, what in military terms am I missing in this? And you think back, who knows what commander's intent is? Right? It's on, uh, was it paragraph two of the operation order? Right? Um, so commander's intent is just basically, is a sentence that says, if all else fails, as long as this is accomplished, you will be successful. Right? But basically, go figure it out. I mean, here's our plan, but uh, was it Eisenhower said, uh, planning is essential, but plans are useless? Because does, does that make sense, right? It's true. Um, but I, w I was thinking, I'm like, is, is this, is it could it be that simple? I'm like, am I the problem? So if I go to a brand new lieutenant, I said, hey, lieutenant, um, my intent is there will be no enemy activity on Hilltop 415, all right? And then I have this, you know, 18-page operation order behind it of artillery and movements and whatever, right? Time hacks. But as long as he accomplishes that, he's going to be successful, right? But the commander should stay out of his way. I'm like, it can't be that simple. Maybe I'm just in the way. Because micromanaging the success didn't work. And I know that in the military that didn't work. But it can't, it can't be that simple. So I, I go up to uh, our leadership and I'm like, listen, I have this idea. This is what I think it is. This is what we did in the military, um, which is basically quantifiable goal, assets to accomplish the mission, and then get out of the way. I'm like, if it's that, I, I can't believe it's that simple. But if it is, I'm going to put this challenge up as high as I can so I have absolutely no doubt from the heavens, not a $6,200 no doubt, I mean like a million dollar no doubt, that this is the right way to do it. So I go to the leaders and I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm going to give you a goal, and then I'm going to get out of your way. And I'm not going to check on you for 30 days. And uh, I'm going to give you a standard that is so high, it would make us, by numbers alone, the best customer service in e-commerce on the planet. And they said, okay, what, what is it? And I'm like, I want a 30-minute turnaround on every single email that comes in. And I want a 30-second average hold time for anybody. By the time it rings to the time you pick up. 
That is unheard of on e-commerce. You call your bank, they certainly don't do that, right? Um, so uh, the leadership accepted the challenge, and they said, uh, by the way, if, if, uh, if we win, we want a nice night out downtown Chicago with some limo and steaks or whatnot, and we want to dress you up for Beer 30. So Beer 30 is our uh, weekly every Friday at 4.30. We go into, well, now we're, we have to do it virtually because we have a bunch of buildings. But uh, we all get on and we talk about our successes and we drink beer to that. Sometime moonshine. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so after 30 days, I get my Roy numbers and I have them independently verified. And let me tell you, uh, let me see if I can show you how it went. And uh, there you go. That's me. <laughs> So, if I have to explain this to some of you, <laughs> this is not normally what I wear to Beer 30. This is not normal for me. <laughs> um, those are uh, closed-toe, six-inch uh, pumps, I think. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, it turns out, staying out of the, I was the problem. I was in the way the entire time. Now, that obviously means you need to have good leaders, but that's your job as a leader of leaders to train, lead, and mentor them, correct? Right, so it's that simple, but get out of their way. I mean, if you really want your team to su succeed, let them lead it. You cannot be micromanaged to success. You don't want to be led like that. Then be the leader that you would want to follow. Hey, this is what I need you to do. Here's everything you need to do it. I'll check on you in 30 days. If you need any help, I'm here to help you all at all time. Who wouldn't want that, right? I want to let you succeed and flourish. And by the way, if you do such a great job, make a deal with me. You want to make more money? Great. Okay, fine. Then this is what we'll do. You do X, Y, and Z. I'll check up on you in 30 days or 60 days or in three months. Doesn't matter. You do this. Now you're worth this much more to me. You got yourself a deal. I love it when people ask for raises. So it's, it, but guys, as leaders, it's our jobs to make sure that people have very clear instructions to know exactly what to do. That's their quantifiable goal. Assets to accomplish the mission, you give them the tools to be successful, and the authority to do their job. Stay out of their way. They shouldn't have to come to you every single time, you know, if they need a problem solved. Let them solve their own problems. But if you don't give them that authority, you are now the problem, and your company will never grow to be bigger. Don't be the problem. General Patton said, don't tell people how to do things, tell them what to do, and let them surprise you with the results. Thanks, guys. Awesome. So we're going to just take a few questions for Dan. Uh, anybody else have a question out there? Right over here. I will give you this microphone. So, okay, I think you've answered my question, but have you found, if you're in, say, startup and then maybe beyond, you know, small business, um, higher, higher revenue phases, that giving people the authority to, you know, act on their own um, has helped retain some of your highest performers? Absolutely. So just because they're a higher performer doesn't mean they're a leader either. Uh, just they can be a great technician and maybe they have no interest in leading. Sales is very common for this. Someone who the most salesmen, good salespeople will make more money than their management and that's okay. Um, but far as retaining leaders, yes, most people will quit their leaders before they quit their job. But as soon as they quit their leaders, they're gone. 
right? You can have an, a mediocre job. You can have fun working at Jiffy Lube or McDonald's if you have a great leader, right? I mean, think about it. We're Grunstyle. We make t-shirts and screen print stuff, right? Is that exciting? No. But the reason why we do it is, and the leaders that we, uh, uh, that we attract make it better, make it something worthwhile. Wow, I'm really making an impact. You know, we're allowing hundreds of veterans to get new jobs or, or build their career or their next chapter outside of uh, the military. And by the way, every time we put our product in someone's home, we're making that home a little bit more patriotic. We're, 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 we're making every home in America a patriotic one. That's our mission. And people get that. They get that. They don't quit the job. They, uh, they don't quit their position. They quit their leaders. So, yes. One more question uh, over here. Do we have a question? Gorgeous legs. That's a good look for you. <clears throat> is, that, is that Mark? It is. Uh, Air I, Force. I love watching... Uh, Guilty, guilty. I love watching Grunstyle expand. Uh, it's truly amazing. I'm wondering what, what is it that makes you go into these different businesses and how do you make those decisions? You're talking about like our delicious yeah. bourbon called America Bourbon, now available Thought in I'd every spec uh, statewide in Texas. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so yes, yes, we have a bunch of subsidiaries. We have um, a, a subscription box of the month called Alpha Outpost. We have a bourbon brand that we launched a couple months ago called America Bourbon. And then we have a fitness app that's launching. The beta is already out, but the, the full app is launching in a, a month or so. So if you think about it, every single one of those supports our main brand. Now, and our main brand isn't clothing. That's what we do. That's not who we are. Who we are is patriots. Um, we support and defend the Constitution outside of the uniform. That's what we do. We're not political, but what we do is we want people to celebrate the freedoms that we have as Americans, and we want to share that with everybody. We, have, uh, we sell our products by request in two stores in Vietnam. Tell me how crazy that is. I'm like, oh, I didn't, uh, never mind, I don't want to go into that. But, uh, but they, they like our brand because we're their American brand. We mean America to them. And that's what we're trying to do. So all the sub-brands are meant to support that. Pride and self, you know, make yourself a better version of yourself. So we came up with our fitness app, uh, which is a, basically our, a drill sergeant in your pocket, right? Hey, F you, this is what you need to do to be successful. You will do this, otherwise I'll yell at you. That's all it does, right? It gives you everything you need to do. It tells you exactly what to work out, exactly what to eat and when to do it. And if you don't follow the instructions, it'll like, hey, come on, dummy, do it, do better. Um, so, same thing with our, our bourbon. It's meant to celebrate freedom. It it's made through different states all over the country. It's not just made in one state or one distillery. It's, and it's absolutely delicious, by the way. Um, who's tried it? Delicious. Oh, yes. Um, and then uh, our subscription box. It's basically taking what, uh, what I was as a drill start, teaching people how to do things outside of what they normally do. Uh, and we put it in a box every month, and we tell you how to do this cool stuff. It's fun. Plus, it's usually items that their spouses would never let them buy anyway, and we just send it to you. But yes, thanks, Mark. Yeah, so everything supports the primary mission. That's it. We don't do anything that's overreaching. Awesome.